Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's time for Next Gen Friday. We are so excited about the future of our fellowship that we highlight the 40 and under pastors of CFM. We hope you are inspired by the deep bench of pastors and leaders coming up around the world. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. Amen. It's a real privilege to be here and to be able to preach uh, in, the, in a pioneer rally and to be here with all of you. I, uh, I will confess, I'm going to be a little bit honest before I preach. <clears throat> well, I'll be honest the whole time, but I'm going <laughs> to... I was questioning whether or not I should preach this, but I figured after Pastor Mitchell last night... Anybody who might be offended, uh, you were already offended and you wouldn't have come back. So. <laughs> uh, so I figure I'll be safe this morning. Acts chapter 11, if you'll turn there with me, under the book of Acts chapter 11. Just exciting to see all that God is doing uh, here. When we were in India, one of the things you've probably heard uh, Pastor Campbell mentioned many times is you, you build relationships with missionaries, and these are often your lifeline. And when we were there, we became close with a number of the missionaries. One of the families is Louis and Breeze Lobato. Many of you guys know them. You guys know Louis. Uh, he's very exciting. And um, we started a band together. Uh, my wife and I, Louie and Breeze, and then one other poor Aussie kid named Jordan. He was our drummer, Jordan Kerwin Walker. And uh, the, the, the band, I don't think we were any good, but we were very entertaining, I think. And that was probably mostly Louie's fault. But we had kind of this thing that would happen. Every time we had band practice, we would normally practice at our church. Our church was up on the third floor. And... Um, we would pack up, we're done, we'd leave, we'd go down, and now, let me tell you before I even tell the story, Louis's car keys were in his left pocket, every time. However, every time, and I know he's going to hear this, and, and, uh, and it'll be true if you try to verify it with him, he would flip out, Breeze, where's my keys? Louis, they're probably in your pocket like they are every practice. <laughs> I, and he's... he's they're not in my pocket. I'm telling you. What did you do? And then he's blaming Jordan. Jordan, did you steal my keys? Because he was the smallest one uh, around, which is, I know that's probably hard to believe, but he was. <laughs> and so Jordan would go back up three flights of stairs, scour the church. Not, they're not there. Lock the, come back down. And, and we're talking, it's like the Three Stooges. You know, doing circles. Che he's checking the diaper bag. He's all, let me look in your guitar case. And we're all, you know, Louis, the keys are in your pocket. They're always in your pocket. And inevitably, after five minutes, maybe ten minutes, if uh, it was one of those nights, he would find the keys in his other pocket. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, that's one of the memories that stuck with me. You know, it's interesting, in the kingdom of God, one of the things, and I'm going to talk about a subject that we're not supposed to talk about in America these days. But a lot of times we consider in the kingdom of God, how do we reach certain people groups? 
in our city. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been guilty of, you know, we're thinking I need to do a certain kind of program. I need to have a special event or this kind of an outreach. And that's going to be the key. We're always looking for some kind of um, special uh, way to reach these people. But I wonder if we've already got the key and it's you. We did a, a, a serious man uh, some time ago in Gallup and talking about people groups. When I asked the question, well, how do we reach these people groups? Everybody had very creative ideas, but none of them involved personal responsibility. We have a Filipino community in Gallup and, you know, okay, so how are we going to reach them? Nobody said, I know someone, I'll go witness to them. It was always like, you know what we need to do? We need to have this special kind of event that will attract. You know what? I think that scripture bears witness that if we're going to reach people groups, and I believe we're called to, that it's people like you and me that are the key to that. It's not any more complicated than that. I want to preach a message this morning, very simple, but I hope will help you and help us. I want to preach on unlocking people groups. Acts 11, you can read with me. Beginning in verse 19, it says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, And a great number believed and turned to the Lord, unlocking people groups. Let's talk first about people groups. Can you feel that? Do you feel that in the air right now? Society has made this a very touchy subject, hasn't it? Amen. I'll take your silence as an amen. (laughs) You know, uh, on one hand, everybody identifies with a group nowadays. And it's getting more and more specific, isn't it? Right? It used to be, what are you? I, I'm American or I'm European or, you know, it was very, but man, you, you talk about it nowadays, you know, and you want to say, where are you from? I'm looking for like, you know, California, Texas, where are you from? They give you a description. It's got four hyphens, a qualifier. Well, you know, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm Irish American by way of Spain, but my grandfather, he knew a Native American they call me barking dog. Wait a minute. What? You, you are none of that. Right? So we all identify with the group. However, we're not allowed to talk about it. Unless it's you, right? You can stand there all day and give me a 10-page list of what you are. But if I were to say that, oh, are you a... And so it's weird in America right now. We've got groups. We can't talk about it. In our society, it's toxic to identify a person as a member of a group. I'll give you an example. In Gallup, it is ethnically diverse, but in in different ways. We have in our church two Ghanaian men. That's 100% of the Ghanaian population of Gallup, which is wonderful. We're killing it (laughs) in the Ghanaian community. But listen, this is how it is in America. If one of these men uh, were to come, say to the, sec- you know, the desk, you know, I need to talk to Mr. So-and-so, 
and you were to call, hey, uh, there's a guy here looking, he wants to talk to you. Who is it? I don't know. What does he look like? You know, Kofi is, you know, he's like six feet tall, and he is as dark as the night, right? He's from Ghana, but you can't say that. What, what does he look like? Uh, what, you know, he's a, he's a tall guy. Um, he's got a real good tan. You, you can't even say it. But listen, why do, I, why do I bring that up? The problem is, is that when this gets into the church, we get into a place where we can't even identify a people group to try to reach them. Don't even talk about it. What kind of people come to your church? Good people. <laughs> but listen, let, let's just be practical. Humans are naturally inclined to form and to join groups. Historically, right, families, clans, nations, tribes. Now, sometimes these groups are not chosen for us, right? Or, or they are chosen for us. They're not our choice. Groups by nature, your family. You didn't choose your family, right? They say you can pick your friends. You can pick your nose. You can't pick your family, right? You're, you're kind of stuck with that. Then there's groups by nature, ethnic or racial groups. And as much as we want to, that was chosen for us. We did not go out and, and fill out an application one day. Uh, I would like to be, right? Sometimes even geographical groups are chosen for us. You know, the place that you're born or the place that you live, for most of us, that was decided for us. We didn't have a say in the matter, and that becomes a people group. This might be large. You consider nation or state or city, but let's be practical. What about your neighborhood? Isn't that a people group? What about your apartment building or your street? And so we are part of people groups that just happen sometimes. We had no say in the matter, but now we're here and we're part of that group. I'm, my intention this morning is to get people maybe to enlarge your perspective a little bit and realize you are part of groups you may not even realize. Then obviously there's groups that we choose intentionally. Right? A church is a great example. We choose to come and be here. Look at the people in your church sometimes and think, how on earth are we sitting in the same row? We are nothing alike. That's wonderful, isn't it? I think it's a beautiful thing. But we chose this. We chose this group of people. And so there's a lot of groups that we choose, social groups. When you're young, you know, there's the jocks and the stoners and the nerds, right? Or whatever the, the generation is. It used to be the emos, but I think they're dying out. <clears throat> but as we age, there's still social groups, aren't there? We don't use the same words. But come on, man, you go to the park for a walk and you identify. This is the way humans are. We identify groups of people, right? That's just, that, that's in our DNA. Maybe you're in a community sports league or uh, some kind of club or a special interest group. You know, even places you visit become a social group. Those uh, that know me well know I'm not the most incredibly social person. You know, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not, you know, I'm totally cool being alone, I which is strange because I'm a pastor. So I have a social group. There's a bunch of men. I, know, I don't know their names, um, but they all go to Gallup Coffee Company in the morning. I go there after prayer. You know why I don't know their names? Because 
I don't talk before I've had coffee. I'm not a monster. Let me, let me help you out, you morning people. You meet someone who's not a morning person, don't talk to them. Please. I go in, I, I know all these people. I, can, I see them around town. Hey, it's, it's the guy, right? But it's a, it's a social group, isn't it? And so there's groups of people that we all uniquely have access to. What about professional groups? Consider your work. Isn't that a people group? Yeah, it's a people group of losers, everybody but me. It might be as simple as just the place you work, right? Maybe the, the location, uh, you know, the actual shop that you work at. Maybe it's a professional group. You know, a lot of professions, it's larger than just the place you're at. Maybe you're a nurse, right? There, there's a lot of nurses in the world. That's a group. This is, this is a group you're a member of. Maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, you're a contractor uh, or a mechanic or a police officer. But listen, these are people groups. My hope this morning is that possibly you would identify a group of people you're a part of. So let's think then for a moment about reaching people groups. What we have to see is this doesn't happen naturally. In Acts 8, it talks about, and it's kind of the beginning of the story that I read in Acts 11, but it says that Saul made havoc of the church, entering every house, dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who scattered went everywhere preaching the word. What's interesting is if you read all the different commentaries, some of them suggest that the scattering might have been God's idea. You know, it's as if they were all just hanging out in their own little club. And, you know, Jesus has has been gone for a while. And he had said, go into all the nations and preach the gospel. And they're like, 10-4, we're on it. We're going into all the nations in Jerusalem. (sighs) These, all right, Saul, have at it, right? And, And like a bowling ball and bowling pins, they scattered now. Now, all of the sudden, because what we see is that we don't instinctively go outside of uh, our groups or our boundaries to reach people. You know, I, I don't believe that it's true in our fellowship. One of the things I love about our fellowship is that we are fantastically diverse. I love it. I think that's, that is a, a mark of the hand of God in, in our fellowship and what we're doing But you have to understand that uh, in churches, kind of as a rule, we begin uh, to become segregated a bit. You know, they've said, I think it was three or four years ago, they said Sunday morning is the most segregated hour in America. And I don't believe that we do that within a church. But you know what happens is as a church grows, sometimes you begin to, you know, just... You're reaching a certain type of person, and it may not even be ethnic. It might be. Listen, there's some churches where if you are a professional and you walk in, you'd feel uncomfortable. Because, uh, you know, listen, oh, oh, you're some highfalutin doctor. Hey, we're all just regular people here. That's, that is the exact same spirit. And vice versa. Yeah, I know there's churches, probably not in our fellowship, <laughs> but they reach only professionals. That's really not a fellowship trademark. <laughs> Maybe if you walked in like me as a high school dropout, you'd be like, I don't fit in here. I will move on. 
But listen, the, the point is, is that if we're going to reach either our people group or other people groups, we're going to have to be intentional about this. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. So I believe there's two things here. Number one, I believe that we all have a personal responsibility for any group of people that we're a part of. We have a personal responsibility. Let's be real practical here. I'm probably not ever going to have a face-to-face encounter with your unsaved loved ones here in the valley. Right? Geographically, that's just not going to happen, is it? I mean, maybe today when I leave and I stop at lunch, I I might. But it's statistically improbable. Are you following me? In our scripture, in verse 19, it says, And they went scattered everywhere to Cyprus and Antioch and all these. You know who was preaching in Antioch? This is going to be really deep. The guy who was in Antioch. It wasn't Peter because he was in Jerusalem. Are you following me? Listen, you have a responsibility to your people. And that might be your apartment complex or your cul-de-sac or your profession, but it's a personal responsibility. So that's geographical, but then... And I know we're not supposed to talk about this, but, but ethnic even. You know what I, I love? I've seen many times in the trumpet and different things, and uh, I, the Chandler Church often does uh, outreaches and events for Black History Month. I think that's wonderful. You know what? Pastor Campbell has never once invited me to preach that. <laughs> Do you know why that is? Because he's smart. That would be silly, wouldn't it? That, that's just practical. And, and this goal, listen, in every possible way, listen, there is a practical element to that. <laughs> oh, man, I, I don't know if you are, but I am really enjoying myself this morning. In our scripture, it says in first, uh, verse 19, 
They were preaching to the Jews only. You know why? They got it. They understood. We know how to reach the Jews. That's our cultural mindset. That was the the low-hanging fruit. That was the easy way to minister. And that's true for every one of us. There are people that you have a natural affinity with. Whether that is ethnic or professional or whatever, you have a natural uh, way to speak to them. If I meet someone that's talking about sound systems, I have a nat- that's something I can communicate at their level. But you know what? We have some folks in our church that are medical professionals. You ever talk to people like that? There's probably some here. You know, it's like they went to school and they learned Latin, Right? So you're talking to them like, well, you know, the, the, the thalamus and the hymo, you know, and you're, oh, what are you talking about? You've got a headache. Why couldn't you just say that? <laughs> right? But the, you have, I believe, a responsibility. Think about this then. We can be a key convert in any group we're a part of. Are you a nurse? Why couldn't you be the one that unlocks the nurses for the gospel, right, in your community. Do you live in that neighborhood? Why couldn't you be the one that unlocks that neighborhood? In Perth, Pastor Payne, uh, they did an outreach there a while back, the Islander Barbecue Outreach. That's brilliant, right? But listen, I'd be willing to bet that Pastor Payne wasn't doing the cooking because he's not an Islander. That, w- that would be silly, right? Listen, I think, now I know, this is uncomfortable, but that's practical. I believe every believer has an incredible opportunity to reach people groups that they're a part of. Now, that being said, I also believe that we are called to reach beyond our group. The, the great danger, and one of the reasons I was hesitant about preaching this is that we could get the wrong idea. You know, in the church world, there's these strange ideas. And what you'll see is a lot of uh, uh, what they call ethnocentric ministries, right? Where we are going to have a ministry that is monoracial because that's what we're good at. That is not the gospel. And I do not believe that's what we're called to do. And I also don't believe that you need to look in the mirror and then say, okay, that's the only kind of person I can witness to. Because that's not the Bible. And that's not what I'm preaching this morning. In our scripture, it says they went and preached to the Jews only, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, and when they came to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. These are the Greeks preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Listen, these people did not belong to their group. They had no uh, logical connection to them other than the geographical. They had no racial affinity. They had no language affinity. And yet they were reaching beyond the borders into them and they were touched by the gospel. Listen, this is what the kingdom of God is supposed to be is that we can reach beyond borders. That's the whole point of this, is that in a church, it would be radically diverse. It should be incredibly diverse in the church of Jesus Christ. As disciples, we were taught that you should look at your community, and that's what your church should look like. You should look at the ethnic makeup of your community, the social makeup of your community, and your church should reflect that. We had a missionary some time ago. He was in a, 
uh, an Asian nation, and he had grown his church uh, to about 20 people, but all 20 of them were Americans who were military. Bro, you know, it'd be a heck of a lot cheaper for you to reach Americans here in America. You know, if you're in Asia, you might want to have Asians in your church. Man, Pastor Olson, I apologize. I don't know. You're going to have to fix this when I'm done. If you look at your community and there are people in your community that are not represented in your church, I think that we ought to do something about that. It's interesting. I've had, in the last six months, I think three different pastors in different cities call me and they've said, Pastor Heinberg, uh, we noticed there's a community of Indians in our city. How can we reach them? I'm going to tell you, that warms my heart. Because these aren't pastors that said, oh, wow, there's Indians in our community. Well, I hope they come. No, they said, we're going to find a way to reach them. Because if they're in our community, they ought to be in our church. I believe that that is our gospel responsibility, is to identify people around us, even if they are radically unlike us, and get them into the church. I wonder how could God use your life to reach another ethnic group or another tribe? Isn't that how we find ourselves reaching all the nations of the earth that we do today? Is because people were willing to go beyond their personal boundaries? So let's talk then finally about multiplication. Our scripture says that many were converted. Verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them And a great number believed and turned to the Lord. I believe what it's saying is that fruitfulness was accelerated by reaching into diverse people groups. Once they got past this mentality of the Jews only, and they began to reach a wider group of people, fruitfulness was accelerated. You know, there's a natural affinity. People will come in groups sometimes. They'll attach to people that are like themselves. And so that's why we've always said you've got to get a key convert. You've got to get that one. And then when they come, they'll bring them all with them. And that's true in every kind of group. We've seen that in our church with people in the medical profession. It begins to multiply. Once you get one, they start witnessing to each other. Listen, there's an acceleration when we can reach a a wider uh, cross section of humanity you could reach entire families or businesses or neighborhoods you know there's also a natural attraction to the spirit right it is naturally for most people it is naturally comforting to see diversity have you ever looked at like a gap ad right they're 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 laughably generic aren't they because they're always before people Right, and there's always, you know, there's the one girl with, you know, uh, you know, maybe uh, red hair and freckles, right? And then there's the one guy. If you look at him, you think he might be Asian. He might be Native American, but he might be Asian. I don't know, right? Isn't it's not what they show in Africa? But why is that? Think this through. Let's be logical for a moment. Is it because people are walking up? I need to buy a new pair of jeans, and then they look at the poster. They're not looking for themselves in the poster. They're not saying, "Well, oh, no one looks like me. I can't buy jeans." That's not it. But when you see diversity, you realize this is welcoming. I'm probably not going to be the odd one out. And there's something about that in a church. When you walk in and, and, and it's diverse, it's just like, ah, okay. Whew. I'm okay here. I'm not going to, because, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. If you walk in and it is very narrow, it, it gets a little uncomfortable. 
you guys know I, I was raised in Prescott. Prescott's changed a lot now. It's gotten more diverse. But, you know, I was raised in Prescott. It was, I'll give you an example. We used to have Stacy and AJ come rap in Prescott. But listen, they were like cultural ambassadors. They had to get their passport stamped to come into Prescott in those days. <laughs> and us kids in Prescott were like, oh, shit. That's a girl rapping. Oh, it was amazing. Listen, that's kind of where I come from. But see, now it's weird. I got sent out. And since I left Prescott, I've, I just don't pastor any white people. My family, of course. And that's it. To the point, I will joke, we, we were in service probably three weeks ago on a Sunday morning. And this white couple walked in. I turned to the guy next to me. I said, what have we done wrong? I get all uncomfortable. How do I, these people make me feel weird. <laughs> but you know what? When, when there's diversity, it's just comforting, isn't it? You realize no matter what I look like, I'm not going to be the odd one out. Isn't that kind of what the church is supposed to be anyway? When people walk in, they don't feel like, oh, I don't fit in here. I believe there's a supernatural dimension here too. This triggers the pleasure of God. You know, our scripture teaches us that the kingdom of God is intended to be diverse. In Revelation 7, 9, he says, I looked and a great multitude of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hand. Listen, that was the prophetic ideal of the kingdom of God that hadn't happened yet he was talking about what was going to come and what he said is when the kingdom of God is finally perfected it's every tribe every nation every tongue all of them standing shoulder not in sections it didn't say I went before the throne and you know there was the South American section it says all of them a great multitude with their palm branches and their white robes imagine what it does to God's heart when our churches reflect that. Amen. So the very simple question, and I preach all that to ask a couple practical questions. How could you be a key convert to a people group? Maybe it's just geographical, right? It's interesting. You go on outreach uh, in your own city, and sometimes people get nervous if you suggest we should outreach in their neighborhood. Why is that? Oh, they've heard me screaming at the kids. I can't witness to them. <laughs> We're all like, I'll go on an impact team. Why don't you outreach in your own city? These people know me. Couldn't you be the key convert in your neighborhood if you did it right? Your street or the apartment complex you live in maybe, how could you reach them? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll tell uh, my pastor we should do an out. No, 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 stop right there. Forget about that. How could you reach them? Why don't you go home this afternoon, fire up the barbecue grill, go knock on a neighbor's door that you've lived next to for 20 years and never seen. Hey, uh, I'm cooking hot dogs. Why don't you come over? Pastor Heimberg, that is way too practical. Give me some spiritual, uh, sorry, this is as deep as I get. What about your profession? Couldn't you be a key? Maybe carpenters, plumbers, mechanics, whatever it is. Why couldn't you be a key to a group of people? What about social groups? 
right? You know, come on now. We've we got some, some ladies here. You could be the key to the soccer moms. Soccer mom revival in America. <laughs> We're going to take over this PTA meeting. <laughs> Why not? No, Pastor Heimberg, you know, the kingdom of God is, is way too, uh, you know, it's much more complex. And no, it's not. The kingdom of God is that we would, right where we are, wherever we are right now, reach people. And Jesus said in John 4, lift up your eyes. The fields are white unto harvest. Amen. I would challenge you. Let God find a way to use your life. Amen. Why don't we welcome Pastor. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.